Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. Today is a special episode because it is episode 200 of the podcast. And, you know, while for some of you might think, well, that's not that many episodes, you know, it does feel like a big milestone. I started the podcast almost three years ago and It was something that when I started the podcast, you know, it was definitely a scary thing. And now, three years later, I'm like, of course I have a podcast. Everybody should have a podcast. But I didn't feel like that in the beginning. And, you know, it's a reminder to anyone listening that just because someone at some stage is comfortable and confident, it doesn't mean they always were like that. You know, I had to start at day one. I had to start at day two. I had to keep showing up and keep knowing that I will get better and all those things. And my, if you go back and listen to my early episodes, I mean, they are probably cringeworthy. And guess what? That's okay. Because no one skips day one and you don't get to episode 200 without the cringy beginning. So just a little reminder for you, but I'm really happy that it's 200th episode. I can't believe it. I have to give a big shout out. And just a lot of credit in general to my amazing podcast strategist, and she is the one who makes these episodes sound a little bit better every single week, and she not only makes the episodes sound better, she's the editor, but she also is a strategist, and she will go through and look at my analytics, she'll look at numbers, she'll look at data and say, okay, you know, based on this, maybe you could do this thing. Or, hey, have you thought of this thing? She is such a like podcast little pioneer. So if you are interested in starting a podcast or you have a podcast and you want some support, you want some someone to just kind of give you some pointers and tell you maybe how to improve your podcast, definitely check out her stuff. This isn't sponsored by her or anything. It's just a genuine shout out because I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for her. Three plus years ago, I signed up for her, record like a rock star group coaching program, and it really changed my whole business. I love this podcast so much. I cannot imagine not having it, but the knowledge and guidance I got from her program, we went through week by week by week, and she was she's just been such a huge part of the podcast, so I can't say, you know, I can't have a celebratory 200th podcast episode without, you know, giving her some love and definitely telling anyone listening, if you want to do a podcast, she is your girl. Okay, let's dive into it. So because this is the 200th episode, 
I want to talk about my new book. I have a new book coming out. It is called Customer Obsession. And I'm going to share a little bit about what I've gone through in the launch process because it's not been easy. And in fact, it's been really challenging. But I want to also just share a little bit about the book and go through chapter by chapter and just get like talk about something from each chapter. I don't know. I have the book in front of me. I don't have any other notes. So who knows where this episode's going to go. But for now, I just want to share a little bit about the book that I have been talking about. I have been mentioning. I have been sharing behind the scenes on my Instagram many times over the last year, I guess almost a year and a half. So it feels like this big thing that I've just been working on for so long, and it's almost ready to be pushed out into the world. And I'm both equally as excited as I am nervous. And this is definitely a scary thing. I think whenever you have a business, you always are going to be put in situations where something feels really scary. And this one feels scary for me. It um it just hits differently than some of the other things that I've done. But I'm I'm really excited. I already have an idea for book number two, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna get this one out into the world <laughs> first. Before I dive into the second one, but there there is going to be a second one for sure. I just, wow, the, the learning curve with writing a business book and self-publishing a business book is pretty unreal. So I would love to do an episode where I break down just the whole process because when I say this has been a struggle, it has been hard, it has been challenging, it's possibly... And the biggest understatement that I've ever said, like anything that could have gone wrong has sort of gone wrong. And I want to share with people not to scare you from trying if you want to do a book, but just to share some of the things that I wish someone had told me. I know there's a million podcast episodes and YouTube videos that go through like step by step on step on how to write a book and publish a book and launch a book. But sometimes you just want someone to give you here are the things that happened to me that were so frustrating. I wanted to pull my hair out, you know? Here are all the things that I wish someone had told me from the beginning. Things like that. That's kind of what I want to share. So I will do that episode soon because it's like fresh in my brain right now. But for today, I want to talk about this business book that I've been working on from what feels like forever. It's going to be available as of now. So I'm recording this episode on September 15th, 14th. I don't know, one of those days. And I'm in the process of working on getting it available for pre-order, but it's not working out, (laughs) basically. There's been a lot of logistical issues, and basically, it's just not working out for pre-order. So when I say it's going to be available October 18th, that's going to be the day either way. So no matter when you're listening to this, if it's before October 18th, on October 18th, you can go to Amazon, barnesandnobles.com. Um, I'll give you some links where you can um, buy it and you can officially buy and check out the book and it will be shipped on that day. So with pre-order, generally you order it and then it won't be available for like a few months or something. And then that, you know, in a few months it will ship out. But for me, since I've had a lot of issues with getting it on pre-order, then I'm just telling people October 18th is when the book is officially for sale. I'm just giving you a heads up. And just like I teach you with your product-based business, let people know ahead of time when you have things coming. And then it's not a surprise. You have people ready and excited for you. So October 18th, Customer Obsession will be available. I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled. It doesn't actually feel real. 
And because I've had so many issues with the publishing, <laughs> with the self-publishing, um, I, I haven't actually been talking about it at all. So now I'm in my stage of let's talk about the book. I'm excited and I can't wait to get it out into the world. Okay. So the title is called Customer Obsession, the subtitle, The Secret to Growing Your Loyal and Brand-Obsessed Customers for Your E-Commerce Business That Shut Your Name from the Rooftops and Buy from You Over and Over Again. Customer Obsession teaches product-based entrepreneurs how to create wildly obsessed customer superfans using proven strategies like creating an amazing customer experience, listening and knowing your customers, making them feel part of your brand, and creating a sense of community. A lot of people, sorry, lots of people talk about creating loyalty within your brand, but no one tells you how. With this book, you'll have more than just the tools to grow your e-commerce store without a penny spent on ads or spending all day on social media. You'll have the blueprint to create loyalty with your customers so they shut your name from the rooftops and buy from you over and over again. I'm reading the back cover right now, by the way. Um, and it says, learn to create an insanely great customer experience so they buy from you again and again and your brand comes first of mind when they need a gift. Create the happy customer effect, which leads to more sales and customer loyalty. And lastly, learn how to get your customers to feel connected to your brand, treat them like humans and not dollar bills. Complete beginner or e-commerce brand ninja, by the end of Customer Obsession, you'll know exactly what it takes to create your customer-obsessed super fans for your business. Customer loyalty is real and attainable for everyone, even you. Are you ready to join the movement? So that's the front cover and the back cover. And I have to also give a beautiful little shout out to Kat Hildner from Kitty Mail Boutique. She's the one who designed the cover and she did such a good job. I was so nervous about the cover of the book because the cover of the book is it's kind of like the subject of an email. When someone is scrolling through and they see your subject of your email, if your subject sucks, they're not going to open your email. And kind of the same with the book. Um I want it to be fun and like sassy and a little bit like in your face. I wanted it to be feminine, but not overly feminine, like not overly girly, like glittery and like crazy, but it is pink. The book cover is pink. And to be honest, the reason I wanted it to be this fuchsia pink is because I want it to be like this in your face book. If you go through and you go to Amazon, or Google, and you search for e-commerce business books, like look at what shows up. They are so ugly. Like everything just looks so data, like data-y, <laughs> like graphs and everything is like white or black and just graphs everywhere. And I just feel like for the modern e-commerce store who may not be this like, I mean, yes, you have to know data, okay? But visually, creatively, that might not make you stop your scroll. And so just like I teach you in this book, you have to create an experience for people that like gets them to want to come back, but also makes them notice you in the first place. That's kind of where I went with this book cover. I wanted wanted it to be like bold in your face. I'm gonna I wish I had the words in front of me that I sent to Kat when when, you know, instructions for her to, for her to design it. But I definitely wanted it to be like in your face. But, and she nailed it. The first, she sent me three drafts on the first go. And the first one of the three like examples she gave me, I was like, that's the one. We just have to like tweak a couple things. But it was that first one that she sent me that she just nailed. Like she took this vision from my brain and she just really brought it to life. So I have to give a shout out to Kat. You're freaking amazing. 
Okay. So I'm just going to go through and you can literally hear me like flipping through the book right now because I'm just going to kind of go through each chapter and just talk a little bit about what the book is. Um, And I want to just explain a little bit of my why with this book. And I, I think I talked about that on a different episode, but just in case as a refresher, you know, when I was thinking about this book, this book idea came to me two plus years ago. It was New Year's Eve. must have been like 2020 or 2021. I forget. New Year's Eve. Um, I had read a book that I'm going to blank on the name now. Something about passive income by Rachel something. <laughs> oh, my God. Passive income something something by Rachel something. This is really unhelpful. I'm sorry. And I was reading about all these ways to make passive income or not, sorry, not passive income. I'm sorry. Um, additional revenue streams. And I had already had the, the children's book like in the works, but I thought of the idea to do a business book. And, you know, one of the these core pillars of things that, that I'm so passionate about, but I also truly feel like this thing is the future of e-commerce. I think creating a brand where you are obsessed with your customers, where you take care of them, where you listen to them, where you create an awesome experience for them, when you give them good customer service, and when you create community and make them feel connected, that's when you will have crazy high customer retention. Customers will come back to you over and over and over, just like you might go to Starbucks twice a week and you go religiously twice a week to get your coffee, or you buy from, let's say, I don't know, Sephora. You know, it's kind of the same thing. We want to do the same thing with our customers for our our online stores. We want them to continue to come back to us. So when you do those other things, like treating your customers well, creating a a good customer experience, like good packaging, having, um, creating community, like getting them to feel involved with your brand and all that kind of stuff, like that's truly where people will come back to you again and again. So you're not always having to get new customers. You can literally rely on your past customers to keep buying more and more. And the sweet sauce or the secret sauce here too is that when your customers are obsessed with your brand, they not only buy from you, but they also spread, they're like your brand evangelist. They spread the word about your brand. They tell their friends and family. They post about you on social media. And it's all free advertising for you. Um, Customer referrals have the highest conversion rate out of any other marketing. And it's because friends trust what their friends tell them, you know, if if your friends like, oh, my gosh, you have to try this face wash it. My skin is so dry. And after using it for a week, like my skin just doesn't feel dry anymore. And I swear this line around my eyes melting away a little bit, you know, your friend will trust you. They're not going to always trust an influencer. They may not trust the brand itself, but their friends they'll trust. And so that's why this whole notion of creating um or creating a brand that your customers are obsessed with, in turn, like you have to be obsessed with your customers. So kind of the things that I just said, but I truly feel like this is the future of e-commerce. I truly believe that if you're not doing this kind of stuff, it's going to be harder for you to grow a business. There's so much competition. It's 2023 now, more and more stores are opening up and it's going to be harder for you to stand out. But if you do these things in this book, 
I truly believe that this is the future. This is what brands will have to start doing. Um, you have to stand out against Amazon. You have to stand out against all your competitors. And if you have crappy customer service, if you have crappy packaging, if you do not make your customers feel special or feel connected to your brand, they're not going to keep buying from you. And so what that does for you as a brand is you have to continuously acquire new customers. And if you can't afford ads, if you don't have, like, say, for example, a Facebook ads person who can do ads for you at an affordable price that you trust that isn't ripping you off, um, if you like... That's the kind of stuff that you need to have, you know, ads are so expensive nowadays. They are so expensive. And not only are ads expensive, but they're harder to track the return on investment with all the privacy policy things with Apple and iOS and Facebook and things like that. And three, if you're going to work with an ads agency, they're going to be charging you many, many, many thousands per month plus many thousands in ad spend. So you have to already be making a lot of money to be able to probably even afford ads. And if you don't know how to look at the data and the analytics, you don't know if you're actually making any money in return. Facebook does not make it easy to actually track return on investment. So the point here is that when you know how to retain your customers, you don't have to rely on ads. And so that's why I think that is a future of e-commerce. Okay. Let's go through chapter one. So chapter one is called What is Customer Obsession? And in this book, I'm really just kind of walking through my framework of what customer obsession is and why you need to be thinking about it for your business. And I sort of reference a, co- a couple examples of when I started my first business in 2016, which was the Dapper Dog Box. Um, I talk about my process of starting the business. I talk about the impact that I made from having the customer comes first mentality, you know, thousands of happy paying customers, hundreds of five-star glowing reviews across multiple platforms, thousands of tagged images on Instagram from happy and obsessed customers, um, a community of loyal customers who loved and felt part of the brand. Instead of just feeling like a customer, they felt like they were part of the family. I didn't just create a business. I created a solid community of brand obsessed super fans. And in this book, I'll share tactical step-by-step things that you can do to implement this concept in your business. So I kind of just talk about that a little bit in the first chapter. The first chapter is pretty... Wait, sorry. I wasn't even talking about the first chapter. I was just reading from the introduction. I'm sorry. That was the introduction of the book. And I just talk about how as brands, like we can do better. And basically how I reference most businesses that I purchase from today, like aren't doing a lot to involve their customers with their brand or even trying to provide an awesome experience. And, you know, everything from boring packaging, lack of engagement, or really crappy customer service. And I just kind of talk about how what I experienced firsthand with my business of what can happen to your business when you care about your customers and not just care about them, but you when someone buys from you, you know, they get emails from the brand that say, thank you so much. Like, we appreciate you. They encourage you to tag them on social media. When when you do tag them on social media, I'm sorry, when they tag you on social media, like you are 
saying thank you. Thank you for tagging me. I'm so grateful. Thanks. And then maybe they comment. You comment on their feed. So there's just like so many things that you can do. And it doesn't mean you have to spend all day on Instagram. But I truly feel like if you want your brand to stand out and grow in today's market, like we have to create customer-centric driven companies. So that's what I talk about in the introduction. So chapter one is called What is Customer Obsession? And that's just really where I'm diving into the framework of customer obsession. I start the chapter off by talking about or sharing a story of something that happened with with my first business, how this, this guy named Zach Hilton, he ordered a box for his dog who basically was like about to die. And he ordered the box and he emailed me asking if I could ship the box out immediately. He gave me the context of like why he was asking that. He, you know, wanted the do- the box because he wanted to do um like a bucket list photo shoot with his dog. His dog had terminal cancer, days left to live, and he wanted to take his dog to the beach and take photos of his dog wearing like the bow ties from my dog box. So this story is definitely a special one and one that I'll remember forever. And when I read that email, I remember I just started like bawling my eyes out. Of course, my first business, the Dapper Dog Box, is completely inspired by the love of my first dog, Asha. So I'm definitely a dog person. And when you tell me your dog is about to die, um, that hits me hard as well. So anyway, and I put together this awesome box for him. You know, typically with our shipping policy, it would be the box would ship within like two to three business days. But reading his email, he had asked if I could ship it earlier. And so I put together this incredible box. I wrote him a card and I shipped the box out to him. And, you know, he like maybe a week later, he emailed me thanking me like profusely for sending the box out early for him, for adding extra things. He said that he like got some awesome pictures with his dog. And unfortunately, his dog died a few days later. And then he wrote me this like super sweet review on Facebook, which I actually put into the book because I think, one, it's just nice to have like an actual story with an example. But two, you can kind of read his review and you can read how thankful he was. And I just talk about how in that moment, like I truly realized that this concept of customer obsession is like a two-way street. Like as a brand, you have to be obsessed with your customers. And when you are, your customers will be obsessed with you. And it's not this creepy stalker kind of obsession, but when you care about your customers, and it doesn't mean you, like you don't have to do everything. You have to set up systems in your business or have someone on your team who's the one sending handwritten notes. Someone on your team is the one who's going through Instagram and you know, commenting and all the tag pictures that people that your customers are taking for you. It doesn't mean you have to do it. So anyway, and I just kind of talk about what customer obsession is and like why it matters for the brand. I talk a little bit about the future of e-commerce and how I really believe that customers are the life and backbone of your business. Um, you don't have a business without them. And so Basically, you will become obsolete if you don't make your brand stand out (laughs) in e-commerce. I talk about this concept of the happy customer effect and how when you love on your customers, you make them feel seen and heard and you make them feel part of a community. These five things will happen to you. They buy more products. They they tell their friends and family about you. They share about you on social platforms. They leave you five-star reviews and they remind you of the impact that you are making. And I kind of dive deep about what all those things are. And I think those five things are so important if you have an e-commerce business. Like if you want to grow, 
You've got to have people that are promoting you. You've got to have customers that are buying more often from you. You have to get reviews from customers. And you're not going to get those things if you give them a crappy experience. So anyway, and then I just give you some next steps and action steps to do. Every chapter will have a few action steps. And just, you know, I don't want to say homework, but kind of. It's like a little bit of homework just that will relate to the chapter and just Because I want you to not only read this book and think about the concepts, but I want you to start taking action for your own business. I did all these things in my first business without without sort of understanding what it meant. I just sort of knew intuitively customers are are most important from day one, you know, and I think it's a lot of it because of my corporate background, my corporate marketing background. You know, I have um, over 10 years approximately of I took some years off after college but that's besides the point I just traveled and had fun don't judge um but I have about you know 10 plus years of like more corporate marketing experience and a lot of it was marketing sales a lot of it in the end I really learned great customer service skills I had to work my last job before I started my business was basically I was essentially recruiting international students to come and study at a university in Boston. And with that job, I had to build relationships with these overseas educational agencies. So I had to go and I had to learn how to talk to them. I had to learn how to sell the programs. I had to also have meetings with parents and their kids and be able to navigate those conversations between a parent and a student. And the selling points that I would say to a, a student would be different than I would say to a parent. And they they would be different than I would say to an education agent. And a lot of what I really learned how to do well was customer service. And that's such – and I have background in waitressing and all that. So I feel like customer service was just built into my brain as is marketing. Marketing, I am a marketer like through and through. So I was doing a lot of these things with my first business without quite understanding or realizing that I was actually building the entire framework for this book with my first business. And I I always talk about my first business as a stepping stone to what I was actually meant to be doing. And to be able to take that business Start it from scratch. I had no background in e-commerce or any of that kind of stuff. Grow it to, you know, close to 500000 in sales in three years. I sold the business in 2019. And I've been doing a lot of different things since I sold the business. But being able to take what I learned from that business and write a book about it that isn't just some boring, like, post on Instagram every day. It's a really, like, thoughtful framework and concept that... I really believe will revolutionize the future of e-commerce. When you treat your customers well, when you do all these things that I talk about in the book, like I think this is the future. So anyway, um, okay, let's talk about chapter two because I'm starting to ramble as usual. Okay, chapter two is the importance of your first 100 customers for your business. So here I kind of talk about when I launched my first business and I talk about, you know, the like the fear of like launching a new store and the adrenaline of like obsessively hitting the refresh button as if that would magically make sales appear and things like that. And I, and I reference a special customer that was one of my first customers of my business. They had signed up and I emailed them and I asked them, how did you find me? And to this day, I still remember 
what she put in her sign-up page. So with my first business, people could actually put information about their dog. And this was a dog called Kuma and Christy, and they live in San Diego. If you're listening, you guys are amazing. I love Kuma. (laughs) Kuma is an English cream golden retriever, like the sweetest, sweetest dog. So anyway, um, so I just talk about that story of how when I first got my first orders from Dapper Dog, I reached out to them and said, thank you for buying from me. Like, we are so grateful. We just launched. But tell me, how did you find me? Like, why did you find me? I'm sorry. How did you find me? And why did you buy from me? I'm just curious because I know you have a lot of options. Tell me why. And she talked about how she found me on Instagram and she told me the reason that she purchased my subscription box. So anyway, I just kind of talk about like the importance of when you are a first or sorry, when you are a new business, like two important things you need to do. And and this this kind of goes for, for an existing business that's struggling. If you don't know how people are finding you, you have to know that. If you don't know why they bought from you, you need to know that. And I don't mean why, like, I want you to not skim the surface here. I want you to know a deep understanding of why they bought from you. You know, what are the specific things? And people will tell you if you ask them. So anyway, so I talk about the importance of your first 100 customers and how they're the ones that not only can shape the rest of your business, but they can really impact how your business continues to grow or pivot because your first customers will tell you what do they like? What do they not like? How did they discover you? Why did they buy from you? And when you first launch your business, you might not know any of those answers. You might have an idea of why someone would buy from you. But then when you actually talk to your customers, you're going to get different answers from them. And you're going to get different things that will pop up that make you question, oh, okay, this is my product right now, but actually I think we should make it smaller. I think we should make it bigger. I think we should add this. I think we should use a different lid. Like they will shape the future of of your business actually. And I love that first stage of customers because they can help you improve your product, you know? And it's really, really powerful. So anyway, um, okay, I'm gonna move on to the next chapter because I'm already kind of getting a little bit behind. And in this chapter, I also talk about just this concept of like, you have to understand what your unique value proposition is with your business. And I talk about four candle brands. And I'm using people that have been in some of my different programs in the past year. But you know, I'm talking about, okay, a candle, you might think off the top of your head, oh, candles are the same. What's different about a candle? But I give you four examples of candle brands that all have their own unique value proposition, and they all have their own way of marketing and selling their candles. And I think that's a really cool thing just to look at because there's so many brands that sell bandanas or water bottles or scrunchies. And you kind of have to understand how to make yourself different from other people. Okay, let's go to chapter three. So, and I just want to give you a heads up. There, There's only, let's see, I think there's eight chapters. Yeah, there's eight chapters. And chapter eight isn't really a chapter. It's like next steps. So there's really only seven chapters. So we're almost halfway through. Okay, chapter three, um, the importance of customer experience. The one key way that you can be better than Amazon. <laughs> okay, I really like this chapter. Um, so in this chapter, I talk about a lot of stuff, but I talk about 
the experience of, I'm sorry, I talk about the importance of customer experience. When someone orders from you, what's happening? When someone gets the product, what's happening there? When someone gets the product and then afterwards, are they getting emails from you? Like there's so much that kind of goes into play with customer experience, but I really believe you have to be creating a good one for customers. And I talk about Amazon and how Amazon just has this super boring customer experience. You know, you get a brown box. We all know the brown box. (laughs) Amazon comes in, they have the packaging tape, and then they just have the product sitting inside. It's really, really boring. But people don't order from Amazon to get cool packaging. They order because they want their product to show up quickly. So just kind of this concept of how you could do things differently and why having an awesome customer experience is important. And I talk about one of my um, former clients who she has this really cool home decor business. And I ordered a quite expensive blanket from her. And when the blanket showed up my doorstep, it was like in this most beautiful box with beautiful stuff on the inside of the box. It was black marble looking. There was beautiful message inside. There was a little insert. It was such an awesome experience. And I really believe the first impression of packaging creates strong, lasting impact in your customer's mind. So anyway, this is a really short chapter, but the next chapter is, okay, chapter three is the importance of customer experience and how you can be better than Amazon. Chapter four is now how to create it in your business. So chapter three is more the concept. Chapter four is, okay, now how do you create an awesome experience? I talk about my packaging for my business, the Dapper Dog Box, and how my packaging was pretty much exclusively created for social media. (laughs) Um, I knew that I could attract the right people with a certain type of packaging for my business. And I knew that when the people would order my packaging, I'm sorry, when they would order the product and they would, you know, see the packaging and they would share it in social media. I knew that this was something that you know, not only would be shared, but people would see that and then be like, oh my gosh, I need to have that now. So I truly felt that like ninja marketing plus elevated customer experience equals more sales for a business as a result of, of packaging. So it doesn't mean that you have to do this from day one, but packaging is really important. And I just share the story of how I started with my basic packaging and then how I created this magical packaging. My whole process of upgrading my packaging in the box that my products came in to really enhance the customer experience for my people. And I just talk about the whole process of of doing that, how I chose the box manufacturing, the different types of box companies, et cetera, et cetera. And then I kind of go into detail on what is called the anatomy of a perfect customer experience from website to post-purchase emails. And I talk about these, I talk about three key stages that make up customer experience. Number one is the ordering stage. So when someone is on your website trying to buy from you, that is the most important part because if they have a bad experience on your website, they might not actually buy from you. 
And if they don't buy from you, they're never going to get your package and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I kind of go into detail about the ordering stage and how to make it easy for people to buy and things like that. The second stage of customer experience is the pre-arrival stage. So after they order from you when they're waiting for their package. And then the third stage is the product arrival. So when someone gets the product in the mail and then what happens after. So I just go really into detail on those three stages why they're important. And then I give you examples of how you can think about changing it for your business. And I really, really like this chapter. It's kind of a long one, to be honest. And that's okay. This book is really short. The book in total is 100. And, you know, if I'm including like the references and all that, it's it's 132 pages. So you could go through this whole book in, in a weekend in one day, honestly. So it's a snappy packed, jam-packed, snappy book. Um, I did not want to have any fluffy, like I don't, I know sometimes with books, people are like, oh, wow, it's a 300 page book. It must be really great. But I find that I get really bored reading books. And so I wanted something that you could just get through, you could work on, you could implement, you could take some action and like get the fuck started. And so I really like that this is a short, but I would say this chapter is a little bit longer. So anyway, not that it matters. They're all pr- pretty short. So I talk about um, all the different parts of those three stages and really like diving deep into this. So I love, love, love this chapter. And let's see. Uh, All right. I'm just going to skip on to the next one. So yeah, this is just all case studies, how you can improve your customer experience, packaging options, like your post-purchase emails, et cetera. And then I have a case study from Kat, the founder of Kitty Meow Boutique. And she talks about how she created a customer-first brand. So I asked a few people within the book to write me um, a case study or a passage that I could share and just kind of enhance with examples. I didn't want to have like a million examples from people, but I pick and chose a few people that are special people to me and that I wanted to just include that in there. So anyway, okay, chapter five nail down your customer service and keep them happy. This is an important one. I actually don't talk about customer service pretty much at all. I'm going to do some episodes um, coming up soon on customer service because it's really important. And just because I'm going to be sharing a little bit more concepts from this book. But customer service is so freaking important. I need to scream it to you and remind you how important it is. And so I talk about this story of a customer that I had and how she got one of the products in the mail. She was pissed off. And how I really turned this pissed off customer into a customer that not only apologized for emailing me rudely, but she then bought more products right away. <laughs> so I love that story because it's a true story. Um, I am kind of, I need to like create some cool resources. In a di- like I do give you in this book, I give you a lot of templates for things. And I give you a opt-in that you can, um, you know, downloading, you basically get a bunch of resources from the book. So a lot of the templates that I talk about, and I'm going to give you some of these customer service responses, but like, it's really funny how you literally just have to like acknowledge. So I call this my treat your people like gold framework. You acknowledge their frustration and make them feel seen and heard. You thank them for being a loyal customer and let them know that you want to make things right. Number three, you offer a solution that makes them happy. And like I say, like a burger and a bun, one is not really good without the other. You need to do all these three steps inside the framework to make an impact on your customer. And 
I talk about how I think 99% of all customer service problems can be solved when you simply make someone feel seen and heard, and that's it. Like every last ounce of someone's bitching, complaining, venting is literally just being like, I understand why you are friggin' mad. I hear you. I understand you. It's it's kind of that simple. You make them feel seen and heard and you acknowledge their point of view. And once you do that, it's like this, this thing clicks in someone's brain and they're like, oh, okay, thank you. So I talk about customer service. I share some stories. I talk about how to like what to do when you have customer service issues? What are the solutions you can offer? What are some things that you can say to customers? I give a f- interesting story of <laughs> um, a dog treat subscription box that basically did not handle their customer service well. And I talk about how it was like a PR disaster, blah, blah, blah. Um, I talk about the effects of unhappy customers, how they will leave you bad reviews. They will talk shit about you. They will do a lot of things, and it's the opposite when you have happy customers, basically. So anyway, so I just give you some customer scripts. I give you some customer support apps and just like a bunch of different things in there to make customer service something that you feel like you can implement today, but also just how to make it good for your customers, you know? Okay, chapter six. See, I told you we're going to get through this quickly. Okay, chapter six, create community and get your customers to be involved with your brand. So this chapter is started off by one of my favorite brands and one of my favorite people, Jeannie North, who is the founder, CEO of Ripley and Rue. It is a female-owned boutique pet brand. And this is someone who is super special to me because, one, I've she was one of my first business friends when I had the Dapper Dog Box. She was introduced to me. I forget. I think I actually talk about it in the book. But, oh, I was doing a dog bandana brand search and someone said oh you should check out Ripley and Rue and it's kind of we connected and we've sort of been friends ever since so I've seen her business I think this was like the first year that we we both started a business we both started in I think 2016 she may have started in 2017 but I think we both started in 2016 I think um yeah I don't know whatever around 2016. So I've known her for for a long time now. And just to be able to see the growth that she has done in her business is is so rewarding, amazing. Like, I'm so proud of her. I truly feel like she has created this incredible brand. And in fact, a lot of the things I talk about in this book, she's done really, really well. Like her, she's just created this incredible community of people who just love her brand. So when we are thinking of, you know, my whole concept of like create a cult-like brand, I have my program called The Cultish Product, which is all about creating a brand that people love, that a brand that you have visibility, that you're getting sales on autopilot, and you have an awesome experience for your customers. So some of the frameworks that I talk about in this book are actually what I focus on in my program called The Cultish Product. So if you're interested, please go and sign up. Um, I'm just kidding, but not really. I'm not because when you have a product that you're proud of, you aren't afraid to plug it. Just like I hope you're not afraid to plug your products when you are talking about them. Okay. So yeah, Jeannie from Ripley Worth, she shares a story of basically how she, 
I'm sorry. She didn't share a story. I shared things that she does well. I feel like I'm an idiot today. I'm sorry. She, I share like these specific three things that she has done so well to create connection and community with, with her brand, with her customers. So I actually go through and just give some examples of what she's done, but she's absolutely amazing. And then I also share another story from another person who has been in a bunch of my programs. She's gone through the Cultish product. She is a total rock star, Ali Ruby, from the founder of Pseudo Force, and that might be turning into just Pseudo. So, um, wait, no, sorry, Pseudo Force Studio, and she's turning into Pseudo Force. I'm sorry. Um, she's absolutely amazing, and she's a, again someone who has started a business a couple years ago pivoted quite a bit on what she was selling and who she was selling it to. But she has done such a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal job with creating a sense of community with her customers. And again, this whole concept of the book is around getting your customers to love your brand, but you have to put in the work. Like you have to set up systems where you can create the sense of community. And she's just amazing. But she's she gives a quote in here about you know, how she talks about her followers and customers are her best friends. And she just talks about like what she does to create this sense of community around her brand. And she's just absolutely amazing. So I loved having her provide a quote for the book. But anyway, just kind of talk about, you know, the importance of involving your customers and how to create a community around your brand, how to create connections with your customers after they buy. This is a really important thing because I see a lot of you, and I don't mean you listening, just in general, you put all of your eggs into the basket of getting a customer in the first place, but you don't do enough after. It's like a one-night stand except with products. They order from you, they buy from you, and then it's like, oh, cool, thanks. You don't do anything else after that to get connection, get them to buy more, get them to feel appreciated. So I gave you a bunch of ways that you can do this and how to create genuine connections with customers after they buy. Um, I give you my scrappy Instagram DM strategy and just give you some easy ways that what you can do after people buy so they basically love you and buy more. So I really, really, really love I think that's my favorite chapter. I don't know. I feel like every chapter is my favorite, but I think that might be my favorite chapter. And then the last like businessy chapter is chapter seven, which is customer retention and loyalty. Get them to come back for more. So I love this purchase. I'm sorry. I love <laughs> I love this chapter. Um, I'm like looking at the book and talking and I'm just words are coming out that aren't supposed to come out. Anyway, I love this chapter so much because customer retention, customer loyalty is, is something that I've really leaned into talking more about this past year. Because one, I don't think it's talked about enough. We all have heard like email funnels and website conversion and Etsy and SEO. But like, does anyone really talk about customer loyalty? Not really. So I've started talking about it. It's something that I think is so important. And again, the more loyal customers you have, the more they buy from you, the more they tell friends and family, they leave you good reviews. It's like this circle of goodness that happens to you. So anyway, so I just give you some stats on, you know, loyal customers and how they're more likely to buy. I talk about this story of when I bought hot sauce. I bought a hot sauce subscription box a couple years ago for $100. 
And it has turned into thousands of dollars in spend from this brand. I'm sorry, from me buying from this brand because I had a great experience with the product. They have great emails. They send text messages being like, hey, here's a coupon to buy more. They always entice you back and they have great marketing, great website. So basically I've purchased probably thousands of dollars worth of hot sauce from them over the years. I buy it for gifts. I buy it for myself. And I just talk about the importance of customer retention, what it is, why you need it, and sort of how to implement it in your business. I talk about you know, retention stats that you need to know, like customer lifetime value, churn, et cetera. And then just really dive deep into what are the ways and strategies to retain your customers? How do you get customers that have bought from you to come back again and again? So this whole book is basically what to do to get customers to want to come back to you. And then this chapter is like how to actually get them to come back to you through retention strategies, loyalty um, strategies, email marketing strategies, that kind of thing. And I talk about loyalty program case studies. I give you a couple case study ideas of brands that have really good loyalty programs and like how to implement that for your business. So I really love this chapter so much. This chapter is, I think, really special to me just because I want you to get customers to come back to you over and over again. And this chapter will help you understand not only why, you need it, but it'll help you to it'll help you with the how. And then I end the chapter with a case study from Kristen Fisher, who is a founder and CEO of Boku. So Boku is a gift box brand, and she's definitely become a really awesome um, special business friend for me. And also shout out to her; she's been one of the people that I've gone to the most when it comes to this book. When I've been frustrated, when I have been. Um, just like getting down to myself on it's taking too long and I just want to launch it and the publishing sucks. <laughs> like All the things that we need our business friends. We need, you need one, two, a couple, like a couple people that you can just go to when you need to complain about something, when you need to share your frustration on something business related that isn't that, that has their own business too. It has to be someone who gets it because otherwise it's really hard for regular people to understand some of the issues that we struggle with. So she's been a huge support for for me throughout this whole process. So thanks, Kristen. Love you. Okay. So she shares how she's created a word of mouth referral funnel for her business. And the first quote that she says is, unknowingly, I created a business that is built on referrals. So I love that. And so she talks about just some of the things that she did, some of her goal strategies. So it's a really awesome case study there. I give you some act, uh, next steps, action steps, et cetera. And then the final chapter is just like a wrap up of the book. And it's called Chapter 8, Your Time to Create a Cult-Like Brand Starts Today. And you know I'm going to love this little last word because I love this whole concept of creating a cult-like brand. It's a really interesting concept. Some of you might be like, ew, don't say that. But I love it because I want pe- I want customers to be obsessed with your brand. And when we think of it just in a really simple way, I believe that is what a cult-like brand is. It doesn't have to be, you know, Tom's or Starbucks. It can just be a small business. But customers really fucking love you. They're really supportive of you. They love your product. They love talking about you. And then your brand itself, like you have cool packaging, you have a cool website, 
you have a cool vibe. So I love this whole concept of cult-like brand so much so that I literally have my program now called the the cultish product. So anyway, this is literally like a two-page wrap-up. So I just talk about, you know, throughout the book, you've learned how to create a mega customer-centric brand that obsesses over its customers and ensures they have the most incredible experience. You're on your way to creating a cult-like brand that your customers are obsessed with because now you understand how to create an epic experience for them, how to create customer service systems, how to create a sense of community and involve your customers. And lastly, how to retain your customers so they come back for more and more. You know, and I give you a bit of tough love here. So I write, I hope I've proven that this is 100% possible for you. But, but, I'm going to like say but three times here. But, but, but. You also know it will take hard work to get there, even with the strategy in place. Most entrepreneurs don't have the guts that you do. But remember, you still need to take action. Nothing happens by reading a book but small incremental changes can happen once you take action and take control over your business. You do have the power to create the brand of your dreams, one that you are obsessed with. So, and then I just give you a couple things to think about, like what kind of brand do you want to build and blah, blah, blah. And then I just give you a little final message that just basically thanks you, gives you some ways to work with me. I remind you of the free, so I'm, I have, well, I'm still creating it. So just putting out there, but I'm giving you a bonus gift, which is basically a free companion course to the customer obsession book. It's not a course necessarily. It's just some additional, uh, templates, cheat sheets. I'm going to just give you some extra resources that relate to the book. So, I give you that information there and I just give you ways to follow me. So that is it. It's like I said, a a snappy book. It's 132 pages cover to cover. So this is a book that you can go through probably, I don't know if you'd want to go through it in one sitting. That might be, that might be a little bit heavy for your brain, but you could go through this in a weekend. You could go through this book in a couple of little sessions. You can take your time going through the book. You can read it and then you can go through and go through all the action steps, but this book is going to be amazing. I'm super proud of it. Like I said, it's been a it's been a journey creating it. And I'll share a couple of now that I've given you the things on the book. I'll um so just as a reminder, October 18th, it's going to be available. I will add the links below for purchase. And I'm just so excited. I'm so proud of the book. I I'm proud of myself for sticking with it because like I said, it has not been, this book has not been easy, not for one goddamn second. This has taken me a bazillion hours. (laughs) So, you know, I'm, I like to give you information that's real, that is not fluffy. I think for some people, once you do something one time, the second time becomes easier. And so I know my next book that I do will be easier. I know I now know a lot of the things what to do, what not to do, when to ask for help, when not to ask for help, you know. Um I've gone through now self-publishing a children's picture book and then now I've done a nonfiction um, business book. Two are totally different things and my experience with the kids book was different because I didn't do I didn't try to do this whole pre-order thing. And the pre-order thing is where I've been really tripped up. So anyway, I'll give you the links below that you can grab your copy on October 18th. I just want to thank you in advance. I appreciate any support. Um, I know this book will help you. I know the book will give you great insight into just some new things that you probably like. 
I think most people that will get this book, they probably haven't actually implemented a lot of the things that I talk about. And that's why I think the book will be really awesome for you is because it's not regurgitating like all this shit that you see on everyone else's Instagram reels or, or YouTube videos. It's really specific strategies that I believe helped me create my first business. And I think without some of the things that I share in here, I wouldn't have created a business like that. I wouldn't have gotten sales. You know, I would just be another person who started a business that had to close it in a few months because it just wasn't working. But I did a lot of things right. I made a lot of mistakes with that business, but I did a lot of things right. And a lot of the things that I did right are what I share in this book. So I hope you buy it. I hope you love it. This has been a grueling process. I will say grueling, pretty grueling <laughs> process um, from the start. And to be honest with you, actually, and I read this before in a quote or something, and I remember thinking, oh, that can't be true. Someone wrote that once you finish writing the book, that's just the beginning. And the rest is actually way harder. And I remember I read that maybe eight months ago. And I remember thinking, oh, that can't be true. Writing the book is so hard. It's totally true. The book has been finished since January. <laughs> it's literally been finished since uh, maybe not January. I think around January. No, no. It's been finished since like February, I think. I don't know. It's been finished for quite a while. But once you finish the actual writing part, then you have to go and you have to get editors and they help you fix it. Then you have to go through and do all the, the cover and the cover art and the files and then having the manuscript edited for like proper paperback and Kindle if you want to do ebooks and then it's like the issues with the self-publishing. So they were right. The The writing part wasn't actually <laughs> the hardest part, even though at the time I thought it was. So anyway, but I'll just share a couple things that have happened with, you know, the like, so it's again now September. And the book was definitely not done by January. What am I talking about? I wish I had a date that I could be like, okay, the book was done this day. I forget, honestly. I've been working on this so much off and on that I actually just literally forget now. But it was it was done pretty early in 2023. It's just been now like all the publishing stuff. And then I actually needed a break. I needed to physically give myself space where I didn't have to think about this for a few months. And so that's why I chose October 18th for the launch day because I needed some time just to like not think about it thinking oh yeah the publishing part will be easy but it's been a total nightmare so just a few things about the self-publishing thing and I again I want to do a full episode of this because I think I think if you have an interest in writing a business book I think you should it's an awesome experience I'm so grateful to have gone through it even though it's been awful <laughs> um and it's been awful just because I don't I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a coach, I didn't have a mentor. And again, reminder 753 million, like find a mentor, find someone who's already gone through the shit you want to do and go find how to work with them. For some stupid reason with this book, I just didn't want to work with anyone. I don't know why. I have no idea why, but I won't make that mistake again. Even though now I've gone through the whole thing, Next time I want to do a book, I want I'm going to find a coach 100% for accountability, for when I'm feeling stuck, I can ask someone questions. So 
I wonder if there's any book memberships. That could be kind of cool. Like people for membership programs for people that are authors or self-publishing. That's a great idea. I'm going to have to see if they have one of those. But um, anyway, so yeah, just some issues with the the publishing part. So for context, I'm self-publishing on Amazon. So Amazon KDP. And then I'm published self-publishing on a platform called Ingram Spark. And Amazon is great because a lot of people will go to Amazon to buy books. So they have a obviously the built-in audience and that kind of thing. And then Ingram Spark is amazing because Ingram Spark will help you get published in like bookstores, libraries, boutiques, like the target.coms and the barnesandnobles.com and things like that. So Ingram Spark is an awesome way to get your book in front of all of those audiences. And I really want this to be in bookstores and kind of everywhere, to be honest with you. So Ingram Spark was like a no-brainer. Um, publish, self-publishing on each platform can be challenging because each platform has different requirements. And when I was self-publishing the kids' book, I had a lot of issues with uploading the manuscript to Ingram Spark. It kept de- it kept de- denying it. And I had to go and find someone from Fiverr.com who literally, not even joking, and this is why stuff like this is so awesome. Her title in Fiverr was, I will help fix your Amazon KDP file so it uploads to Ingram Spark. Like, talk about being so clear with services that you offer to people. So when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, thank God I found someone who can help me. So anyway, she ended up doing something to my file and it uploaded on Ingram Spark. And I went through the same issue again with the with the business book. I had so many friggin' issues with like the sizing is not right and the RGB colors aren't correct. And it just like the list goes on and on. And I had a million issues with the editing process and then taking the book and getting it into like a proper manuscript. Because just because you finish the writing doesn't mean your book is done. It has to be formatted properly. So when you go and open up a business book, you know, the formatting is super important. And I had to go through, oh my God, um, (laughs) five rounds, six rounds of different formatting. The font didn't look good. Then one time I got sample books, the font was blurry on certain pages. It I I feel like I'll be able to laugh about it at, at one point, but that point is not today. <laughs> Even though I am laughing a little bit. It just was like one thing after another, honestly. And so it took it took a lot of back and forth to get the book formatted properly. So again, the writing part has been done for a long time. But the formatting is where, you know, like chapter two is on its individual page and, you know, the font looks the same cohesively and things like that. So anyway, um, so just self-publishing on two different platforms can be challenging because the different platforms, they don't speak to each other really. I mean, they kind of do, which I won't get into that, but um, they don't always work well together in some capacity, but they just have different requirements. And again, you get the book, like the cover file is is done. Like Kat from Kitty Meow Boutique is the one that did the cover for me. So she gave me all the files, like the high-res files for the cover. She gave me the files that I needed where you have the, co- the front cover, the back cover, and the spine of the book in one file, like as a PDF. 
So, you know, I get those from her, but then when you go to upload it on the other platform, it doesn't work. <laughs> so it's just like going through a million rounds of small things that just don't work. And then basically for the book launch, so what a lot of people do is they have this whole thing called pre-order. And pre-order is great because you can start promoting your book today and you can launch it. Like technically, the book won't be shipped out for like two to three months. And people do this for many reasons. But the, the biggest reason is, you know, they can get quite a bit of sales before the book ever technically comes out. And they're already getting rankings on Amazon. They can get rankings on other platforms for the book. So then when they actually launch the book, and when I say launch it, I mean like the book is finally available three months later and it ships out, they already have like, they're already ranked number two on Amazon for small business and things like that. So all that kind of, all that success will help your book be pushed out after like on the, you know, algorithms and things like that. So it's definitely encouraged that you do pre-orders or pre-sales. Sorry, there's also like this really loud bird out my window. But that's not quite working out for me. So it's one of those things where I've been stuck <laughs> for a month and a half. Do I wait and just publish the book later? Do I just get it out into the world now and just have like a soft launch and just do the best I can? I've gone back and forth with this for months. And ultimately, I've just decided if the book can be available for pre-order, I will let you know. I'll let you know on the podcast. I'll do a podcast ad or something. I will, or I'll do a podcast episode. I will let you know via, if you're on my email list, if you are if you follow me on Instagram, like I will let you know if it becomes available before October 18th for pre-order. But for now, it's not working out. And it's, it's one of those things. And again, this is relevant for anyone listening here within your own business is like when you, when you when you there's a big roadblock in front of you, what do you do? It's like when you get to that fork in the road, you take a right and it does this thing for you or you take a left and a different thing happens. And that's kind of where I've been at for the past couple of weeks now and really internally struggling with what to do. And in the end, I just decided yesterday, actually, officially yesterday, I decided, you know what, I'm just I'm going to keep my launch date. I'm going to keep the launch date. I'm going to talk about the book for the next couple of weeks and October 18th, it's available. And then I will go into launch mode for the book for, uh, you know, the month or something like nothing crazy, but like, I'll talk about it more during that month, instead of waiting. And the reason for that is, I think many reasons. But one is, I always think what would I encourage you to do? What would I encourage my clients to do? What would I encourage people in my cultish product to do? If there was something with your product and you had to possibly wait and hold off or get it out into the world today and focus on marketing it after, focus on getting reviews, focus on getting UGC, focus on getting people to read it and give you feedback and all that. And I would go with number one. I'm sorry, I would go with the second second thing. <laughs> I wouldn't tell you to wait. I would tell you, just get out into the world and market it after. I can't tell you the amount of conversations I've had with people who want to launch a business or launch a product, and they think they have to have the perfect situation, the perfect audience, the perfect everything, and you don't. You don't need any of that shit. You just need to get it out into the world 
and then focus on marketing it. And ultimately, I decided to do that because one, I, I really like spent time reflecting what would I tell my audience to do, you know, and if I would tell them to wait, I mean, I wouldn't tell you to wait. So why would I do it myself, you know, and two, like ultimately, I'm going to continue to talk about this book. I'm going to continue to spread the word. I'm going to continue to add this to the bottom of my emails. I'm going to fucking talk about the book on the podcast. Like it isn't like the book's just going to go away. It isn't like I only have one chance to launch it. And that's why I ultimately decided, F it, let's just get it out into the world. And it's all fine. It You know, this is like, it's one of those blurps of things that happen to you because sometimes I think, stuff happens to us to like test us. How strong is this person? Can I crack her? Can I make her crumble? And the answer is no. And the answer is no when it comes to me. <laughs> I've worked so hard in this book and I, I've i worked too hard to just push it off and wait and wait and wait until things are perfect. Fuck that. I don't need a pre-launch. I don't need a pre-order, you know? And so that's why it was, I wanted to one, share that story because I think it's relevant for anyone listening just as like an example for your own business just when stuff happens that you feel like it's happening to you you know I don't know like and even yesterday I had a call with a book person um and I you know said to her god I feel like sometimes Like I've had so many roadblocks and setbacks. Sometimes I feel like it's like a sign telling me not to just like I should hold off. And I was like, I'm not going to. But sometimes I feel like that. And I do sometimes feel like that, to be honest with you. But it doesn't mean I'm going to listen because I think this happens. This happens when we do something that we don't know how to do. We are always going to have roadblocks. We're always going to have situations that are really hard and that you feel like you don't know how to get out of it. You have to like pause, take a step back and just come up with those. Okay, I have choice A, I have choice B. What's the logical choice here? You know, if I don't have a pre-order or pre-launch like Amy Porterfield, is my book going to be a failure? No, it's not. Would it be nice to have the pre-order? Would it be nice if all the things just fell into place easily? Yes, it would be. But guess what? That doesn't always fucking happen. And we have to come up with our own solutions here. We have to come up with the plan Bs, the plan Cs, and the plan Ds. And that's kind of what I'm doing here. I'm just saying, F it. I'm going to do the best I can. Um, And if there are any further issues, because I have some other issues (laughs) with the book too. Um, Like weirdly, the file that's showing up on my Amazon account right now has this weird watermark all over it. And I was like, where in the hell did that come from now? I'm like, seriously, it's one thing after another. Um, and you you message Amazon and they're they're literally the most unhelpful people. I'm sorry, but they don't help at all. But anyway, unless there's some strange thing that happens that, you know, the book won't like the paperback isn't showing up or something, October 18th, we're gonna do this. We're gonna get out into the world. It's not gonna be perfect. It's gonna be a little messy, but that is okay. And I truly am trying to give you the same advice. I'm sorry, I'm trying to do the same thing with in this situation for me that I would tell you to do. And that's really important to me because I really, 
I hate when you follow someone or you work with someone and they tell you one thing, but then they don't do the same thing in their own business. And it was really important for me to take the advice that I would give to you. So I am doing that and I'm sharing it with you right now. I hope you liked this book concept. I hope you, you know, feel in, you feel interested. Like, I want you to feel interested right now. And if you're not, then maybe the book isn't for you. But I feel like the book is for everyone that has a product-based business, e-commerce store, Etsy shop. All these concepts will work so well for you. And I cannot wait just to get this out in the world. And, you know, I also wanted to get it out into the world before the holiday season because I think it will make a really good gift for like a business friend that you have. So I would love if you could grab a copy and maybe you get one for a business friend or maybe you read it and then you ship it to your business friend for Christmas or Hanukkah as a gift and then you just get one copy. So, but I'm grateful for anyone who's interested. I appreciate the support. And to be honest, since I've started sharing the behind the scenes of this book, I've got, I don't think I've ever gotten so much support on something and I really, really appreciate that so much. So I'm like forever very grateful. If I didn't have this platform and anyone who cared, then I probably wouldn't even be doing the book. So I appreciate you. I love you. <laughs> okay. Well, that is it for this episode. I hope you are excited about the book as I am. And I hope, again, you can just hear some of these struggles that I've had with the book and not take it as, oh, my God, I wouldn't, I shouldn't, I'll never do a book you should do one. You know, you just have to take it as everything that we do that's new is going to be freaking hard. And that's that's what business is. Business, I really feel like <laughs> like 90% of our business is just figuring out how to get around the bullshit that keeps popping down in front of us. I think that's it. You have to be creative. You got to get scrappy. And you have to have I say this, I referenced this somewhere, and now I forget where I referenced this. You have to have, <laughs> you have to have the balls of a grizzly bear. Where do I say that? I feel like it's in one of my, um, I think it's in one of my emails for my cultish product launch, which I really like that. I like the concept of using grizzly bears in my marketing. So you have to have the balls and confidence of a grizzly bear. Yep. That's it. I love it. All right, my friends. Love you so much. Thank you for listening to this long ass episode. And for anyone who's made it to the end, I love you. Thank you. And yeah, I'm excited for the book and happy 200th, 200th episode, Six Figure Product Business Podcast. Yay. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much and I'll see you guys next week.